Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Unveiling Grace podcast. So glad you've joined us today. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder, and we have a guest today from Tennessee, although he's only been in Tennessee a couple of years. Um, I met Charles Kester when he was in Utah a few years back. Charles, welcome. Tell us about your LDS experience and your transition experience. Sure. So uh, I'm originally from Missouri, so grew up Southeast Missouri Ah. as a Mormon. So um, I was just one of a handful of people that weren't, uh, most of the people that were in my ward were uh, family of one way or another, cousins, aunts, uncles, um, brothers, sisters, uh, wow. extended family. So um, my family was a, let's see, I guess I'd be considered second generation, which isn't for Missouri, isn't too bad. My dad was one of the first, first uh, members in, in Missouri back in whenever that was. He was, he was pretty old. <laughs> I think he was about 56 <laughs> when he had me. So, okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I grew up LDS. I was always very active. I was one of the people who actually uh, was uh, try to live it. I never kind of strayed the path and, and tested the waters into uh, outside of uh, what what we were taught to believe. So uh, did the I gave up a full ride scholarship to serve a mission and um, went mm. to Guatemala for a couple of years. Came back went to school and um, couldn't find a, couldn't find someone to marry. So where do you go? <laughs> so <laughs> you go to BYU. Oh, that's right. So I always said I was never going to go to BYU. No, I was never going to go to BYU. <laughs> I went to BYU. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know if Mormons in Utah know that Mormons in the uh, mission field have these feelings about Utah Mormons, huh? Oh, we do. I, I had bigger culture shock. Uh, I went to Guatemala in my mission, and uh, I had a bigger culture shock in Utah than I did actually in Guatemala. Oh, wow. that so is what interesting. Part of, what part of Guatemala were you in? Uh, uh, Guatemala City. Okay. So is the city, Guatemala City yeah. South Mission is what it was. Yeah, I've been there several times. I'm mm-hmm. um, doing work, so love the country. But you probably never went where I was at. <laughs> I was in a lot of dangerous places where you know, they're aiming guns at you, and I had a knife up to my throat, and it's oh. crazy. Yeah, I've I've been in some of those rough neighborhoods, the yeah. Zona Roja. So <laughs> anyway, so, so but you got back from Guatemala and got back from Guatemala. Uh, found I think I got married two or three years, three years after two three years after my mission. Uh, found my wife uh, Marie. We've been married for over twenty five years now, and so yeah that was we we were always very active temple going and thought everything was really good other than 
those little books that you have on the shelf, you know, that you put up, that doesn't quite make sense, but, oh, I'm too busy. I'm always going to school or I am, mm. I have this church calling or something else. So it's you know, conveniently makes you so busy. You don't have a chance to really doubt your doubts too much. Um, so you were living in Utah after, after BYU. That's correct. Yeah. Went to Utah. So you met her at school. Met her at school, graduated, yeah. got my doctorate degree um, in Iowa and then uh, practice for, uh, for some time in Southern Illinois. Awesome. Okay. So oh. then family. So you're just floating around. You're just like riding the LDS current. Um, right. As a current, including kids, we have five. Okay. So, <laughs> five and nine years. So you know, we're definitely, we definitely fit that mold of, Oh, you're not Catholic. You must be Mormon. Yeah. We were Mormon. So, <laughs> so <laughs> when was the, when was the first time then that you remember your LDS faith being challenged where someone asked a question or raised, I mean, even if it didn't necessarily affect you, when's your first memory of somebody going, oh, you're Mormon. So then, and then, you know, <laughs> any of the number of questions well, that gets asked. As far as doubting anything, it, it really wasn't until, I mean, I've I heard things like, you know, Joseph Smith is a gold digger and he had, I, I didn't even know anything about multiple lives. I mean, in, in Missouri, it's shh, don't talk about that. Really? Okay. Utah, Utah, that was part of the culture shock. I was just shocked at how people were so open about polygamy and other things. Yeah. Uh, so we kept it you know, on the hush. So I, I never really knew much about it. But yeah, I had a, a girl that I was dating and her dad had brought up some stuff uh, that I just, that was not, absolutely not true. We don't do that. And uh, it specifically had to do with the temple ceremony. There's a part, he's talking about the, you know, the you know, parts, you know, they do, right. they switched it two months before, before I went to the temple. So, um, so, uh, when he was telling me that was, you know, some of those things, like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. No, 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 no. So were this they still, be, yeah. were they still doing no, the penalties they, across no, the they throat? stopped that right before I went, I mean, literally right before you went. before, right. That might've been an eye opener for me considering my personality type, but, um, yeah, but anyway, so it, up until that point, which is unfortunate because a lot of, a lot of, of uh, uh, Bible-believing Christians will try to communicate with Mormons and tell them, you know what, your religion's messed up. Uh, but when you're, when you're on the inside looking out, you, you don't see it. And then they tell you things that you've never heard, uh, especially if you're outside of, outside of Utah. So um, hmm. I just went, it's just a bunch of you know, made-up stuff that they always try to do to make Mormons look bad. But it wasn't until after I got back from my mission that the uh, that same guy gave me a book, and I started reading it and went, "Okay, uh, maybe there might be something there." But he, he kind of, it was kind of the Mormons are really wonderful people on the outside, but watch out, they're going to get you. Oh. Um, Do you remember so, what book it was? Oh gosh, I can't anymore. Okay. Um, he passed away. I, I tried contacting him uh, about three years ago, but um, oh. I, I just don't remember what the book was. But it was a book written for Christians, not written for, for Mormons. So it was really unfortunate because I am a person that I will always look and I will always investigate. But if I notice a lot of bias in the writing, mm. it shuts me off almost immediately. Yeah. Mm. So that's that was a big problem for me was just finding 
I, I really have these doubts, you know, I had a real issue with blacks in the priesthood. Um, I had an issue, polygamy was just odd to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, there were just multiple, multiple things that I went, oh, this doesn't seem quite right. But I never could find anything that uh, would explain in a less biased manner mm -hmm. um, the truth about Mormonism. Yeah, the thing about Mormonism is the things like you can become a god and polygamy and racism are bad enough in their scriptures that, that Christians don't have to take them and try to make them sensational, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to be realistic and look at what it says and let people make a decision. I just right. wasn't even aware of some of that in my own scriptures, particularly the racism stuff. I didn't even know that was in the Book of Mormon that dark skin's a curse. You no, apparently figured that. it out. Uh, yeah. I, I did. I did notice that. And they also, that was one of the changes they made to the Book of Mormon as well, you know, hiding certain words and, and certain things. Right. Um, so yeah, I was going to say doing a mission in Guatemala, did any of that come up there? Did you have people there who said, you know, you're, you know, obviously people in Guatemala would have fallen under the, uh, under the Lamanite category. Um, yeah, not so much. I mean, there were a couple of preachers here and there, but they usually just stayed away from you. So okay. if they didn't want to talk, if they didn't want to talk to you, you'd knock on the door and the kid would come and you'd say, um, you'd ask them if your parents there and they'd say, um, hold on, let me check. And or they, yeah, let me go talk to him. And then they don't, they'll either come back and say, no, my, my mom's not here. And then you go tell them, Hey, uh, would you tell her when she'll be back or ask her when she'll be back and we'll run, <laughs> run off again, you know, just play around with that. But I never got into really, biblical discussions too often with uh, with chris with uh, christian pastors once in a while but i was so dedicated i, mean, I was called flecha which is an arrow yeah a arrow type of guy I and mean, i followed the rules and just you know was unfortunately very successful and not and not just baptizing people but really working them to get them to where they were they could stand on their own two feet and i still feel bad about that today but uh, it is what it is. So the gentleman who had given you this book and was feeding you some of this mm -hmm. information, was he Christian? Yes. Yeah, I dated his daughter in high school, and then we still have been friends over the years and saved the whole family. You know. um, um, his name is Joe. I'm not going to say his last name, but um, so it's so it, there was going to be trying a, to be helpful. Yeah. If there was going to be a marriage, then. <laughs> either you uh, needed really to come liked, one way right or she really liked to... each other and he's he's like no uh, ain't gonna happen <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah my daughter and a mormon ain't gonna happen <laughs> so as a mormon was did you understand his reasons or were you like wait we're christians slightly different denomination uh, what was your view of yourself compared to the rest the other mainstream christian churches at that point uh, I didn't really see myself as that much different. And really a lot of, a lot of things that I really believed and even some of the people, you know, in the, in um, South East Missouri, where I'm at a little bit different view, I guess, than right in Utah. Uh, but mm -hmm. still, I didn't see much of it. I, 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 what's the difference? Three and one, one and three or three separate or oh, yeah. uh, it's like whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't care so much about those things. Uh, I just, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus. And I believe in the Holy Ghost. And in the end, if, you know, if they end up being 
on being oh well <laughs> it's what it is so that's yeah. kind of my attitude but um my wife was not that way but uh i'm a little bit i'm i had some christian i think um upbringing from my parents my dad was always upset about we never used the Bible as much as we should. Um, and it barely definitely got upset whenever, whenever Benson flipped the switch on the book of Mormon back in his time. Oh yeah. Yeah. 86 or 87. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I was doing, I was doing research on counting the percent of each of the state conferences of uh, Bible versus book of Mormon versus uh, the doctrine and covenants and program price. And it was, it was it was a higher percent. I don't remember the numbers anymore, but it was something like um, 70, 20, and then the rest, like 10% was, was the other. And they did a complete flip. Then the Book of Mormon became 70, 75%. Yeah. Uh, Bible, about 15, 20%. And Dr. and Kevin's program price. You know, so what was your about. dad's spiritual, was your dad a convert then to Mormonism? Yes. Mm -hmm. So what was his background before that? Uh, farmer. <laughs> <laughs> just good rural protestant yeah. right yeah so he he didn't belong to like any particular denomination or anything he just had those uh, those rural I, I think that, well, christian well, he's very yeah well I mean, they went to church my, my grandpa I, I still can't figure this one out my grandpa was going to school to become a methodist minister and uh, so how in the world I, I know why it had to do with uh being damned uh, you know, a kid not being baptized, a preacher saying that he was being damned. And that was what just drove my dad and my oh. grandpa nuts because the, the kid was a wonderful, uh, a wonderful boy and uh, died without being, without being uh, baptized. So everyone was saying he was going to hell. And I, they couldn't accept that. Wow. That's a great, well, great answer. Yeah. Good for yeah. them because it's, <laughs> that's actually not, yeah. not how it works. So what started the first cracks in the dam so to speak in the commitment where what things started opening your eyes or having you go well maybe there is something here that i need to pursue young men's state presidency what's that oh you know. were in the young men's state presidency okay, okay. and right. so i had the right degree i had the right name i paid the right amount of money so everything it says you're successful so of course what happens it's not the best person <laughs> They get selected. It's not the janitor who's the absolute most wonderful person, spiritual person in the world. It's the it's the businessman, it's the doctor, it's the mm, lawyer yeah. that so often becomes you know the leaders of the church. Um, so that was actually when I was a teenager. That was the first thing I noticed, but it wasn't necessarily a chink in the armor. Just I thought it was why why not? Right. Uh, why do you have me, to have money in a big house and a nice career in order to right. be a leader in the church when right. Jesus walked around like a homeless man with <laughs> folks who were dusty, right? right. Yeah. Uh, here I am. I'm called in the German state president. I want to do my best. You know, you're called of God to do these, these things. And yet we would go spend a lot of time, a lot of prayer to be able to, um, you know, prepare something that was going to be great for the youth. And then the, the state president, I think it's second counselor or the first counselor, I don't remember which one is over that anymore, but um, he would just completely whitewash everything we did and did what he wanted to do. And after the third time he did that, I just basically told him, you take it. I'm not going to, this is in front of everyone in the in leadership. If you're going to do this, this is ridiculous. You're wasting my time. I don't have time for this. So take it. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. So I walked out. 
Wow. Um, was not <laughs> upset. I, I was not, I, I'm a pretty direct person whenever I, <laughs> once I get to the point where I know something is wrong, I'm going to, I'm going to be blunt to the point of not being necessarily nice yep. um, or that I'm pretty quiet and I'll just deal, roll the punches. But once it gets to a certain point, then I'll voice my opinion without reservation. And so, so how, I mean, how was that taken? Because I mean, this is your spiritual leader. They were shocked. <laughs> yeah, they were shocked. You know, I'm, I'm probably, you know, leading up to become the bishop and then who knows what else afterwards in the future. And right. uh, I pretty much ruined that one. <laughs> I was going to say, so what did that do yeah. to your continued move up the hierarchy? Well, then? well, I didn't. I mean, I became a teacher because I can, I could communicate ideas very well um, <laughs> and get people to think. Uh, so uh, I was a teacher a lot and another, it just over that period of about four years um, through 2000 and there's something else that happened. I'll have to say it mentioned in a little bit, but um, I just was reading going, what did Spencer W. Kimball say yeah. about, about uh, people who were, who had been raped or kids that were, or people that were molested that they were, had a, a, a part in that. I completely voiced my opinion on that and got called an apostate for having dared to, to, uh, you know, say something against a, a previous prophet. And I'm like, I don't care who he is. I mean, if yeah. it's wrong, it's wrong, period. Yeah. Um, and then there's some things as far as, I know something happened to me in 2007 where kind of connect the dots with, uh, and I have to be careful about what I say here, but um, you know, connecting the dots as far as um, uh, child abuse with my sister and myself. And that kind of, because of what, what happened, um, that was probably the last thing that I went, okay, all these books on the shelf, you know, and then bad things happening to kids and, and you know, the, the prophet saying stuff about, about people who these things happen uh, or the, which as these if it's their to. fault it's just, yeah that's their fault I'm like yeah. this is wrong and so it didn't take at that point i just kept on studying it took me about three four five months something like that before i could even find a source that i could trust wow but i wouldn't okay. this time i wouldn't stop yeah until i i found something so mormon think was the first one that i went all right mm -hmm. they're still a little bit biased uh but not so much so that i can't at least grab the information and figure out what it is. Right. They were providing an, an incredible exactly. amount of documentation, original sources, right. scanned photocopies. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But of course, as so many people have said the, the CES letter, whatever that's mm -hmm. called. Yeah. That was like, all right, perfect. This is, this is, this is what I'm looking for. And then I did a lot of other research and did a lot of original research with books and confirmed information, like grabbing a first edition of the book of Mormon. And I, um, I didn't believe for, I had continued to go in church for five years with my wife. I was a believer and uh, I'd get sick in my stomach, but I still went. Um, mm -hmm. But I continued to do my research and bring stuff up with her, created a lot of conflict. And, and, um, but, you know, that was kind of the, what led me to finally say, this is BS. And now do I believe in God? Do I not believe in God? Because, you know, the last dirty deed that the Mormon church teaches is if, if the Mormon church isn't true, what isn't true? None Nothing. of it's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so I had a fight against that as well. And I will refuse to let someone manipulate me in that way. So I spent the next five years studying atheism, studying mm. um, Christianity, studying some other uh, religions as well. And I finally got to the point that it, it basically came, it was very frustrating, but the decision, it finally came down to, there is no way to know if there is a God or is not a God. So if you're an atheist, you're taking a leap of faith into in into believing that uh, there is no God and that there the the proof of science or the burden of proof is is necessary for belief, and then on the other side you can well I guess you could be sit on the fence but that only lasts for so long right mm-hmm. um, or you can look into find out is there actual truth and so I got to the point where well doing a thought experiment just came down to um, uh, Christianity may, may be what it is. I believe I finally got to the point where I believed in a God and in some type of, of being, but um, I didn't know what for sure I believed. And so I didn't, I wasn't a Christian or anything for about five years, just studying and trying to figure things out. Wow. So at this point, where is your wife? Is she still, does she have any doubts or is she still totally, totally? <laughs> Uh, for our audio listeners, yeah, yeah. The, the hands just went over the eyes. Um, yeah. Okay. So she's like, yeah. no, don't, don't tell me anything. Don't want oh, to see it was bad. Know. Yeah. I would start bringing stuff up and, you know, I bring up the, I bring up things that she couldn't refute, but yet she had that conviction based upon, you know, Book of Mormon. Uh, was it Moroni chapter 10, three through five? I yes. Think I, yeah. I think that's right. That's okay. Right. So it's been a while. So, um, yeah, so it's just, it came down to that conviction and that belief. I know it's true. I had that feeling. And so I can't, I can't refute that. And mm-hmm. that is the most ridiculous thing. And that's something even when I was a, a member of the church, I just ridiculous. I can't, I can't differentiate between my feelings and from what the spirit is. And I, 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 I'd see some people say that it was, they had a spiritual experience and was BS and other people had a spiritual experience. I said, well, maybe it was. Um, But anyway, uh, for time's sake, uh, it came to a head. I was, my wife got sick with, she has multiple sclerosis and it got to a point where she was, um, I didn't know she was going to live. I mean, it was really bad. She was having Mm -hmm. exacerbation, um, taking medication that made her suicidal. She was uh, in and out of the hospital. We couldn't figure out what it was. Ended up being a multiple sclerosis um, 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 inflammation in the brain that was causing all these problems. So we oh, got the medication wow. with multiple sclerosis under control and she went back under control uh, and didn't have those issues, but we didn't know what's going on. It's going on for a couple of years. I'm having to work from home and try to make money and, and uh, oh my gosh, this, I, I'm a person who thought I could do anything on my own. I mean, I, I thought I could handle anything. I couldn't handle that. Mm-hmm. I got to wow. the point where I just couldn't. And so I came and I just, uh, God, I don't know if you're, you're real or not. Um, I don't know if Jesus is real or not, but I mean, take it, take this from me. I can't do it anymore. And at that point, um, that burden was gone. Um, I didn't quite know what happened, but I could deal with it without a, without the, the huge burden that, uh, that I had and just the stress, I was able to help her out. And, um, and uh, after that, I started really looking at Christianity, talking to different preachers and things. And I went to mm-hmm. South mountain community church, which I think is a great church for those who are just, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure things out. And, um, it got to a point where I understood what that 
uh, Pastor Roby was talking about something, Paul Roby, and he said, I don't even remember what he said, but I connected the dots. That was my saving grace moment at that point. Wow. Um, Because I did believe at that point, even though I still have a hard time understanding uh, a lot of things as I'm a big thinker. So were you still uh, living in Utah then at that time? Still living in Utah at this time. Wow. Yeah. That's when I met Lynn. Okay. I don't remember how or a book or something, but uh, she said, come on over. <laughs> so went over to her house and talked and it wasn't too much later that I finally told my wife, I'm not paying another penny to that church. And um, you'll have to decide between me. And, and I love my family. I love my kids. And I thought I was going to lose them. Uh, there are a lot of people that, you know, they yeah. don't make the bridge. They don't make it through. It happens. And, yeah. We've heard the story way too many yeah. times, but uh, she listened and, the rest is history. All right. And we're going to have and to get the rest she of had her a tough story. Transition, yeah. Though. Yeah. And as I recall, she was really attached to the culture and emotionally, oh, yes. emotionally um, invested in the church and in the well, her culture. family background. Yeah. So being isolated um, Still. in that case, very difficult. So, oh, wow. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, Thank we're kind of at the end of this <laughs> yeah. podcast, so yeah. that's a good place to stop. So I'm assuming we're going to be able to do a part two with you and um, Murray or just her. I don't know. What, what is, I don't know what you're planning. So, Whatever works. Should yeah. we do Murray and then bring Charles back? What do you That think? would be fun if you guys have got That'd time to do that. Then. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So yeah, I... podcast listener. Thanks for being with us. And we're going to go into part two without further ado, because um, I think we're pretty close to the end of time. So thanks so much, Charles. Lynn? You're welcome. Yeah, you know, it's I don't think it's too unusual, really, for uh, someone to walk away and lose their faith for a period of time. And I actually think that's okay, right? To take some time to figure these things out. Yeah, and then absolutely. Often life does bring you to a point where you're asking, is there a God? And then sometimes he shows up in amazing ways. <laughs> All right, well, you can close us off, Lynn. All right, grace and peace until next time, Joel. So long. <laughs> Bye, Charles. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.